God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, you know, I was um, watching Fox and Friends, and they were talking about the Supreme Court fast-tracking the uh, basically the uh, Biden mandates for corporations that have over 100 employees that they must mandate the vaccines to corporations with over 100 employees. And then the other one, the other case that's going to be heard, fast-tracked, at the Supreme Court come early January, is going to be for the registered nurses, the uh, medical professionals. And, you know, how much restriction and requirement must they go through to get the uh, vaccine? And, you know, and, and also, nothing for nothing, but we're seeing throughout the military that they're not honoring religious exemption. Now, when it comes to, like, uh, some, you know, radical jihadi Muslim, like, say, uh, just spitballing here, but like Osama bin Laden, where we honored his tradition of burial out at sea, with no photographs, <laughs> how convenient, right? Of course it's convenient. We don't know anything. We're always in the dark. We're paying for everything, but we're always in the dark. How do you like that, America? You're paying the bills for everything, and yet you're in the dark. Everything's sealed. Everything's uh, classified. You're paying for it. And you're in the dark. You can't be trusted. You don't know. And then you're censored. But the censorship, not only is the censorship coming from people like Adam Schiff who, you know, wage jihad against our government in the basement of the House of Representatives on impeachment witch hunts and Russian hoaxes, but they're censoring, uh, you know, in a media, 
in the big tech. And you better believe that these big tech people have these great relationships. They have these great relationships with government. And not just the government that, you know, creates law. We're talking about the government that runs the show, that will kill you if you step out of line. You know, it's sort of like if you bucked the Clintons, you always found out you were Arkansas sided. You'll someone commits suicide and they're not suicidal. But the idea is that Fauci, I believe, is very well protected, which explains why he's so arrogant. And Hillary Clinton was protected because she was a Clinton. Can't kill her off. No one's going to arc inside a Clinton. And she was arrogant. And you just knew when you looked at her face, what, you're just going to wipe it off with a cloth? Remember that? And she would come up with these cockamamie schemes where these excuses, these lies. I thought it would be easier if I had just one device. And then she's on a talk show where she's talking about an iPad, a a, uh, BlackBerry, and an iPhone. And an iPhone Note, and an iPad this, and an I did, I did that. <laughs> you know, the idea is she's just lying through her teeth, and nobody wants to ever question you on it. Hunter Biden's the same. The liberals are running the bureaucracy in Washington, and this is a real problem for the conservatives. This is a real problem for the people rotting in jail right now related to January 6th. This is a real problem for Lady Justice being blind or liberty. All the things that our country was founded on and stood for and fought for is being lost. And the way we get it back, though, we have to be smart. We have to think these things through. And we are. You know, the strategy to getting back, taking back our republic, it's not cyclical. It's not cyclical. It's not, oh, now it's our turn, now it's your turn. No, they rigged an election. It was never their turn to take back power, to listen to grouchy old Joe Biden tell us what to do, tell us how to live our lives, tell us how to protect our health. You know, I was listening um, to a report talking about the African nations of Southern Af- South Africa. and uh, But, you know, not just South Africa, but the African nations in the south of the African continent. Um, they were, the, the Omicron dropped off like a lead balloon. The Omicron virus variant strain isn't putting people in hospitals. And yet all the media wants to talk about is somebody died in Texas due to Omicron. And he was unvaccinated too. Well, guess what? That person had like three different illnesses. That person had something else that was killing him. Let me just tell you something. If you're older and you're sick and you have an ailment and you have an immune deficiency, and you come down with pneumonia, 
that is a 50-50 chance whether that's going to take your life or not. You come down with a, a flu and it could kill you. If you're sick already, if you have cancer, if you have a heart ailment, the heart can't take it. Your body will react and allow a simple virus or a infection to wreak havoc all over your body if you're certain if certain levels are low some of your blood work will indicate that you know if you have a low albumin for example you'll get sicker because albumin is one of those proteins that actually helps keep your body stronger and more immune to different infections. The healing process with people with normal blood work is so much better, you know, and with good organs and all these other things, so much better. You can withstand so much more. If you're a person that is out in the, out in the uh, cold a lot, you're liable to be more immune to the cold. If you live in North Dakota and you're out every day in the cold environment, you're going to be a lot stronger when it comes to these things hitting you. You know, Minnesota, all these people, they're tough as nails up there in a lot of ways. But we are winning. And the way we take it back, the way we win our republic, as I've been saying all week, is we focus on 2022 and at the rate that Biden is going, and he just was on an interview the other day, I guess yesterday, where he said he would run again, and especially if, Joe, if if Donald Trump was running, give him even more incentive. He rigged an election. This guy was the worst campaigner since anything I've ever seen. But his, you know, if you listen to Newt Gingrich on the Ingram angle last night, which Laura Ingram was being... Uh, somebody else filled in for, and I didn't watch it. I only saw these as clips. But Newt Gingrich, who's been around since the '90s, you know, as a Speaker of the House, said he remembers the Carter years, and he said Carter had a better first year than Joe Biden. And from when I look at uh, the Goldman Sachs report. Goldman Sachs's report on the economy is 2022 is going to be worse than 2021. When you look at the labor participation rate, which they're hiding behind the unemployment rate, and people like John Kramer, Jim Kramer from CNBC, is a lying son of a gun. He is a liar because he's trying to say that this is the best economy we've ever had just like Biden was out there saying you know things are so much better than when I took office he's comparing it to what what is he comparing it to he's comparing it to Dr. Fauci's critical thinking when it came to the COVID and the shutdowns and all these other things that the medical professionals CDC and the WHO and all these different figures. And as I said at the time, Trump couldn't go against the media. He lost his media center. 
And so he had to comply. He had to roll over because it was a steamroll. Once he lost Fox News, shame on Fox News for that. Once he lost Fox News, he lost his center right. And that was a big problem for him. Once you lost that, and one thing Trump knows, he, he knew about the media. He knew all too well that if you lose your center right, if you lose your base, if you don't have a microphone, you don't have a say. And if you don't have a say, guess what? You don't stand a chance of winning in the media game. If your megaphone is non-existent, you're going to have trouble waging a valid argument against the power and full-throated force of the government. Dr. Fauci, the Pentagon, the CIA. Remember what Chuck Schumer said. You come across the CIA, they'll have six ways till Sunday to get back at you. And surely enough, 17 agencies reported that Trump was in bed with Russia. All 17 agencies couldn't be wrong, they said. Just like with climate change. All 97% of the scientists couldn't be wrong. I trust the science. Well, they were all wrong. History proves that. We were right. The climate change was nothing more than a way to grab power. COVID was just a whole different animal. And why is it that Bill Gates has such a platform of, of speaking engagements as if he's some sort of a scientist? This fix was in. And you know what's happening that I'm seeing is the truth is coming out about all these things, whether it's the Russian hoax or whether it's the perfectly good call with Ukraine that resulted in an impeachment, the blind eye to due process, any single human being that voted to impeach Donald Trump based on that Ukraine call should never, ever wield power in government. That goes for Manchin, that goes for Cassidy in Louisiana, that goes for anybody. I, You know, people have these little benchmarks and litmus tests, that's mine. People that turn a blind eye to due process like the mainstream media does every single day. I have no tolerance for that. I have absolutely no tolerance. I find it completely unacceptable. It's a sin as if it's murder. Meaning that it's one of those mistakes you make that is not... Is not uh, it's you you don't get a second chance after you make a stupid mistake like that it's a cardinal sin turning an eye a blind eye to due process and all these other things these other issues related to criminal justice and lady justice people sitting in jail for crimes they didn't commit i think is just atrocious you know, it's one of the reasons why, um, unlike a lot of conservatives, I happen to, you know, uh, be a little bit more flexible with regard to capital punishment because I did research and studies back in college. You know, things are different now with DNA, and it's changed my calculus a little bit. But for the most part, 
you know, that's one of the areas where I'm, I'm a little bit uh, gray on it because with regard to capital punishment, um, it's a flawed system. Could you imagine walking home and someone you love is murdered and you grab them and you try to resuscitate them and the only the only uh, wit- uh the only evidence is blood on that you got on your uh clothing and you're somehow set up and you're going to go and do go to the death row for a murder you didn't commit to me that's the worst crime you know being put on death row for a, a murder i didn't commit particularly it's you know murder of a person that i love and that has happened hundreds of times in America. You know, forget about going all the way back to where black people were being completely railroaded in the justice system because of the color of their skin, which is, again, a Democrat thing. And the Democrats are doing it today. Just look at J6. Just look at the injustice and the two standards of justice, whether it's Hillary Clinton getting away with murder or whether it's Black Lives Matter or Antifa getting away with murder, all for political expedience and political dissidence. And we got to put a stop to it. But the way we take back our republic is to win that 2022 election. Kevin McCarthy says this. He says something to the effect that he uh, has about seven or eight. I'll believe it when I see it different investigations that he's going to wage forward with. It'll be interesting to see if he makes good on that promise. It says here, Kevin McCarthy to launch seven investigations into Biden administration after GOP takes house in 2022. So, we'll see. Of course, that's his plea to get the power seat back. I think Jim Jordan has earned it more than anybody else in Congress. And he's he's a former wrestler, and uh, he came from the state of Ohio where I grew up. And uh, so I have an affinity for that, but I believe he's a very honorable man. I know uh, a lot about his brother, uh, who was a wrestling coach at St. Paris Graham in Cincinnati area. So now these people are real people. And good people. And it, it's interesting, you know, that's who Joe, uh, that's who Donald Trump uh, basically uh, aligned himself with. Good quality people. So I believe that we take back the House and the Senate in 2022. And going from there, you know, we just got to, we got to curb the, we got to hold off on the damage. It could have been a lot worse, folks. Biden's first year could have resulted in a packed court, a packed Senate. It could have resulted in, um, well, it could be a lot worse, could it? But it could be worse if we were, if they were to succeed at packing the court, ending the filibuster, packing the court, and packing the Senate. It would be game over. And then if they got H.R. 1 through and all this voter fraud uh, legislation through. You know, never mind the fact that we could probably recover from our economic despairs. But they're lying to you when they tell you about the economy and how things are better today than they were when he took office. 
Do you know that the uh, labor participation rate today is the same as it was at the height of COVID? June 2020. Now, if you look back at like January 2020, the labor participation rate, if you look at this chart, it's like, wow, Donald Trump's economy was off the charts. And I mean healthy. When you have a labor participation rate, what that's like to me is it's like you have a company and instead of having profit, but you only have one customer. And if that customer dies, you're dead. You're, you're basically out of business. It's like this. It's like having many, many customers. It's sort of like the same thing as when these gig economies start flourishing. People have like seven different jobs. And they have seven different gigs. And they have seven different resource streams. So they're no longer stressing out about losing one job. The boss has a bad day and decides to fire you. You have other income. So everything is really just a fraction. It's like when you have a big, huge customer base that's very healthy. And you lose a customer, so what? You can get another customer to replace that one. You're not dead in the water. Trump, President Trump's economy was like that. It had all kinds of different revenue streams. When you had this broad base of labor participation, record number of employment for every category, gender, race. He was such a great leader and a president for minority rights, for human rights, whether it's gays being pushed off of buildings worldwide. And he led the force to say, no, that cannot stand, obviously. But nobody else was doing it. President Trump did that. He actually protected homosexuals abroad in Muslim countries more than any other leader in the, in the world. And he did the uh, Paris Accord. He did the, um, got out of the Paris Accord. He got the Abraham Accord. And peace in the Middle East was assured. They loved him there. Now Netanyahu is nowhere to be found. And President Trump is right for calling out Netanyahu. Who Netanyahu is a spineless creature compared to Donald Trump who basically has been consistent ever since 1988 when he gave his interview with Oprah Winfrey talking about how Japan was eating our lunch and talking about foreign policy and talking about economics and talking about all these things. When people like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton used to kiss the ring of Donald Trump, now only to hate him. The only people that flip-flop It's not Donald Trump. He's been consistent for 50 years with his core belief system. It's these liberals that have flipped their way. And look at what the liberals have done just in the last, say, three months. They flip-flopped on defunding the police. Just look at the San Francisco mayor. They flip-flopped on defunding the police there. And now, you know, just uh, I was reported... There was a congresswoman out in Chicago, and then there was this woman I cannot stand. 
one of my least favorite congresswomen, uh, congressmen in, in the U.S. Congress, uh, Representative Scanlon from PA, got carjacked in Philly. And they drove her car to Delaware. The thing is, is that these two people that got their cars jacked, <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right phrase, but they got carjacked. We're basically all about defunding the police. And now, of course, they're going to change their tune, thanking the police for their hard work. If they weren't VIP people, their cars would be still gone. But instead, in the case of Scanlon and the Philadelphia police, they want the extra mile, put a whole team on it, found the car in Delaware at a mall, and so on and so forth. The rest is history. But the San Francisco mayor inspired Nancy Pelosi to even say, I don't even know why uh, the crime. The crime is up because of defunding the police. And the top cities with the top crime are liberally run cities. Well, you could add D.C. to the vaccine mandate list. If you want to go to a restaurant, you got to show papers. Like as if you're some Jew in Nazi Germany. Where you have to show your papers. It's unbelievable the world we're living in right now. But again, SCOTUS is going to see a lot of these cases. The first one is the corporations with over 100 employees and medical professionals, the second one, are going to be heard at the Supreme Court in the first couple of weeks of January. Meanwhile, we're still waiting on the verdict from Ghislaine Maxwell. She's going to be spending her birthday and Christmas, which is the same day, apparently, uh, in jail because uh, they can't get a verdict soon enough. But she's up against it. And when she goes down, she's going to name a lot of names from what I hear. But with respect to the um, the um, Supreme Court, that's going to go a long way in changing the cal- changing the direction. Already, you know, they need to do more with regard to remain in Mexico. That worked in Texas, but it doesn't seem to be in effect in Arizona. But these these challenges from the higher courts, not the lower courts, but the higher courts, are going well for the patriots in America. And so we got to get our border under control. We got to get these mandates under control. We got to get our Constitution restored, our rights, our civil liberties, our First Amendment speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, our Fourth Amendment right against improper searches and seizures, and so many other rights that are being chipped away at. But we're winning these arguments. No longer are we going to have this big, huge bill that's going to be all about creating amnesty for illegals and all kinds of things. They call it an infrastructure build back better bill, but that's scrapped. And now the Republicans in Congress are going, are really going to have to answer to the Patriots in America. And they are going to double down on giving the people what they want because they want to get reelected. So build back better has no chance between now and 2022. And that's great. And they're not going to get that voter rights bill 
passed through either. Ballot harvesting, mail-in balloting, all kinds of crazy stuff that you know results in mail uh, voter fraud. So we got to get ahead of that too, and then we got to when we take back the House and Senate, we got to get these investigations underway. But we got to do between now and then. We have to get a handle on these late challenges and these late votes coming in without chain of custody or trackability with regard to these ballots that come show up out in garbage bags and get dumped in a pile and get counted for the Democrats. We got to put an end to this. We got to do a lot more with cameras. I think that every single post, every single post needs a video camera. Every mail drop, every ballot drop, every voting precinct where we suspect there's foul play. You can't do it in every precinct in America. But you could put a little camera up everywhere and have, just like the Arizona uh, election audit, they had they had. How many cameras did they have? 20? They had them everywhere. And you can go online and you can look at them. And what I'm saying to you is you could then put the cameras up and you could count how many envelopes were dumped in. Like in a precinct, you can count how many heads, literally, because they would say, well, people have a right to privacy. Right? So you say, okay, well, then you're going to lose that argument with regard to putting a camera in the precinct of a voting precinct. You say, okay, well, let's put it outside of the precinct. Let's just count the heads that walk through the door. That's all. You could you could fast forward the video four times, four speed or eight speed, and literally just count the heads. It won't take that long at all. And if 128 heads walk into a precinct, and yet that precinct results in 1,200 votes, you know that something's up. I don't know why it's not being done in Philadelphia and in all kinds of places. I have been pushing for this for 10 years now. And I remember I was a member of the Philadelphia GOP when I lived in Philly. And Al Schmidt was the guy that was in charge. And I addressed this concern and question to him. He laughed about it. He said, no, that would never fly. We could never do that. He was a no-can-do kind of guy, a loser, Al Schmidt. And even the president of the United States, President Trump, called him out. He single-handedly allowed voter fraud in the Philadelphia area. I mean, he was in charge. He could have made a difference, and he didn't. Al Schmidt. Big time loser in Philly. And a lot of people come up with these good ideas that could prevent these things from happening. You know, when they do all this counting uh, in, in these, um, in the, like the PA Convention Center, they could have easily put the cameras in like a casino when they were doing the audits. When they do the, any, any audit, you know, whether it's a person that says, can't tell how this person voted. Let's do an audit. There should be a camera right there to see how that decision and that process was made. 
Not only does it keep the person honest, but it keeps everything in check. It allows you to go back like they do in the NFL and see if the person's foot was in bounds or not. You know, there's got to be rules that we got to follow. And we got to do a better job. And I, I've always wanted to start a nonprofit that featured this, that, that specialized in just this one area where you could work out cameras, whether you have a person standing there like a Black Panther used to with billy clubs intimidating voters as they would walk into a Philadelphia precinct. And Obama thought that was just fine in 2008. But no, I'm talking about having people stand out across the street with a camera strapped to their chest and just stand there. And, you know, each person works two hours and literally you could video footage all the people walking into a precinct. And if those precinct numbers don't match what headcount walked into the building, then you got you to gotta look into it. And that's the that's the way I see that. So we got a lot of different things we're going to address today. Um, there's a few articles that I wanted to touch base on, uh, just little tidbits, and uh, and then we're going to get into. Um, I think that we need to look at 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 the origins of of uh, this COVID crime, because I think that the um, one of the reasons why they're pushing the Omicron is not only to get the number up to 70%, not only to do that, but also, it just, a light bulb went off in my head today, and I said, oh, the Supreme Court. And it was something Jen Psaki said. Jen Psaki said, because of the way Omicron is, the Supreme Court would be a fool to not honor mandates. But see, the Supreme Court's got to look at the Constitution. And they're also going to look at other stuff, but the CDC's been wrong more than they've been right. Fauci's been wrong more than he's been right. So I don't know how you could even use them as proper sources. Because one of the issues for the state, or the DOJ in this case, is they're going to argue that that the the risk is worth the sacrifice or infringement, just like the Patriot Act. In the wake of 9-11, we needed to spy on Americans. So we had the Patriot Act. You know, they used these terrorists, uh, they used these events to chip away at our civil liberties. And they did it with Patriot Act. George Bush did it in the wake of 9-11. And they did it with, you know, they do it with climate change, which was basically something they concocted. It was a man-made, created hoax. I mean, I don't doubt that climate changes, and I don't doubt that there are some issues. But to, to, to drum it up and create the fear that they've created is disproportionate to the realities. And all you got to do is look at, your, lie, your eyes are not lying. It's sort of like the Biden economy or the Biden supply chain or the Biden this or the Biden that. Your, your eyes are not lying to you. Things cost more today. 
Inflation truly is 9.6. It's not transitory. Afghanistan truly was a huge mistake the way they rolled it out. And so on and so forth. The gas prices that you see really are high. These mandates don't work. The masks don't work. Asymptomatic spread is still rare. You know, all these things are things we've always known. Fauci comes with 50 years of experience, and for 50 years, he's been saying asymptomatic uh, patients don't spread. Very rarely. Unlikely. Not very popular. And sure enough, they changed that calculus, which is what caused the lockdowns. It's what they use to condition human behavior. And they managed to get this done. They managed to actually have us believe in things we cannot see. That we are afraid of a virus we can't even see. And we're being told things from one party, the left. DeSantis isn't fear-mongering. And look at his state. Look how well he's doing. He's not shutting everything down like Muriel Bowser in D.C. now and joining the ranks of Boston and New York City. You know, you got this Asian woman running the show in Boston. She's a commie. You got Big Bird de Blasio. Now Eric Adams. We'll see what he does for New York. But Muriel Bowser... It's crazy. I find, you know, I just find it so crazy. But there are other stories that we should be talking about, like Simone Biles. She's been nominated to be, she's been declared to be the athlete of the year. Under And basically the article says, this underscores the left's rigged hierarchy. We're celebrating people, quitters. We're celebrating feelings. We're not celebrating athletes. There's nothing athletic about having a psychological condition. You know, in football or wrestling, we call that a concussion. She didn't have a concussion, but she basically just had too much stress. The article goes like this, from petty and nominal accolades, such as the Athlete of the Year, to meritorious recognitions, such as the Pulitzer. Remember the Pulitzer Prizes, where all these loser journalists that got it wrong about the Russian hoax, still have their Pulitzers. The absence of any genuine competition makes imminent the eventual disintegration of any sense of fair play. Speaking of fair play, how about that Leah Thompson, pen swimmer, right? They're starting to do something about this. And by the way, nothing for nothing, but Christy Nome finally, has stood up for women in the NCAA sports. But she, for the year and a half, dropped the ball on that. And now for political expedience, and because she knows that this is a loser that's going to blow up in her face politically, Christy Noam is playing politics. But I know where her heart was, and it wasn't in the right place. Her spine was not intact. She was not able to stand up 
for women's athletics. And I will not for, forgive her, Christy Nome, for that. Um, because at the same time, Governor DeSantis stood up for women's athletics and won and passed some laws and got some things done that prevented uh, women at, in Florida, trans, transvestites, competing as women and ruining women's sports overnight. You know, these liberals create the problems and then they put out the, these fires just like defund the police. Just like the open borders, they create these crises just like the way they changed the tactics that were already in place with Afghanistan. And they created these crises that lead to illegal migrants and refugees voting Democrat or wokeness to solidify the gay uh, vote or Black Lives Matter to solidify the black vote to divide black conservatives and black liberals from each other and splinter black people and then use that as a weapon to pit black people against white people in America by using police as a scapegoat. You know, and that's all that they've done. It's pretty sad. It's disgusting. It's sick. Simone Biles was named Time Magazine's 2021 Athlete of the Year, supposedly for inspiring global conversations about mental health. She's a gymnast. She knows nothing about mental health, except she couldn't handle the stress. After publicly prioritizing her physical and mental well-being at the Tokyo Olympics, this should not come as a surprise as it did to some amid widespread mockery on social media. So Biles, as readers would remember famously, infamously, withdrew from the Olympics because the broke down, she broke down under pressure. This was not little Shropshire County's one-legged gunny bag race. This was representing the country in the Olympics which is ostensibly the greatest sporting event of its kind. Now, I look at it like this. I say, all the woke people like that uh, javelin thrower or shot put thrower or whatever it was, she took like, she didn't even play. She got seventh. And then the basketball team, you know, Black Lives Matter, wokeness, they lost to France, I think it was, in their opening round. The soccer, women's soccer, um, had the same kind of problem, you know, with Rapinoe, you know, taking a knee and, and all this business. And there was others. There, were, there was other uh, sports as well. And they all failed at the Olympics, like big time. And I questioned at the time, and I wonder if part of hating America is making America look like a loser on purpose were they throwing the event were they becoming losers because being winners makes america look mighty when the women's soccer team wins doesn't that and wins gold doesn't that make the united states look strong 
So if you fail, doesn't that make America look weak? That's why I liked what President Trump said. We played that clip earlier in the week when he was on Maria with Maria Bartiroma. He's against boycotts, and that was the one thing that the Biden administration did that I actually agreed with, and that is that they went with a diplomatic um, boycott. No heads of state <clears throat> from the United States will go to China. But they opted against boycott. Because I think that what happened in 19... Uh, oh, gosh. What was it? Was it 76? No, because I remember uh, we competed in the 76 Olympics. 72, 76... But Jimmy Carter boycotted the Olympics and then Russia decided to boycott uh, the Olympics and it just proved to be not a very good decision. And uh, and you never win from that. The athletes get sometimes just one bite of the apple to compete in the Olympics. They spend their whole life you know, with one goal, to compete in the Olympics. And to have that ripped out from underneath them for political expedience, I think is ridiculous, especially because, you know, if you take Iran and American wrestlers, they're the best friends. They get along great, you know. So politics stops at a lot of these sporting events. And I, I think that's what makes Olympics great. So anyway, we're celebrating the wrong thing. And it reminds me of how we got here, actually. <clears throat> About all this wokeness. Guess who I blame? You're not going to believe this. You're not. Gonna, you're going to be totally surprised. And you're going to think that I'm drinking Kool-Aid right now. But I blame it on Phil Donahue. <laughs> yes, Phil Donahue. Do you remember Phil Donahue? He's actually married to Marlo Thomas, the, that girl. But Phil Donahue was one of the first daytime talk show hosts where he would take, like, whether it's the Son of Sam issue or a rapist or a murderer, and he would peel the onion and he'd say, well, what we're trying to do is prevent these crimes from happening again. So let's take a look at the actual perpetrator of the crime. <clears throat> and he would look at the perpetrator of the crime and he would say, this person had cigarette butts put on his stomach. This person was beaten by their parents, sexually molested by their uncles, whatever, you know. This person was raped, sexually molested, abused, locked in a closet, you know, you name it. This person naturally, when they grew up, was going to be a dysfunctional human being. And he would peel this onion and he would always find that some of these craziest murderers had such horrible backgrounds and upbringings. And I think that's sort of like the beginning of why it is that they went with equality versus equity. Because like um, Kamala Harris said in her campaign speech, the difference between equality and equity, according to liberals, is when all things remain equal, 
If you're still starting out at a lower place, you are still going to be at a disadvantage. But if equity uh, means that you have the same lump sum, but what she didn't say was sort of like China. Everybody lives in the same 700-square-foot hut, (coughs) house. Everybody makes the same widget. And where's the innovation? Where's the Where's the progress? Where's the culture? Where's the art? Where's the creative thinker? Where's the critical thinker? If everything is guaranteed and you're just nothing but a widget or a slug in the wheel or spoke in the wheel, making the wheel turn, what's the incentive to think outside of the box and be great? And there's a meme I posted up where they were trying to figure out how to get out of this hole. And socialism, <clears throat> communism, they cut the ladder in half and everybody had an equal chance of getting out of the hole. But guess what? The ladder, when they cut it in half, didn't reach the top. They, they all were stuck in the hole. You see, if you can envision that. And that's, uh, again, that's where we... That's where we are, you know, with this. We're fighting against that. Now, you know, I, I have this clip. It's it's actually rather long. I'm not going to play it today. I'm going to play it tomorrow. Uh, I apologize for that. But I want to get to a couple of other um, issues. So the White House's <clears throat> vaccine threats aren't to keep you safe. They're to keep you in line. Do you agree with that? And I believe that they're using Omicron not just to get vaccinations up to 70% because the vaccine passports and mandates are a gateway to social credit score systems. You've heard me talk about that. But I also think that it's a play on the Supreme Court because if you look at South Africa, after two weeks, the numbers plummeted like as if there was nothing to it. These new variants and strains are not deadly and they're just weaker versions of the original. So it's not much to worry about, yet we're shutting down America again. And it's only the liberals that are doing this, but not the liberals in battleground states like Michigan, like Governor Whitmer, but radical mayors like, you know, Mariel Bowser in D.C. or this... Louis Chang, whatever, Chinese woman uh, that's running the show in Boston, um, or uh, Big Bird de Blasio, a self-proclaimed socialist. So, you know, it's uh, frustrating to see it, and we have to endure it. But they're doing it to drum up fear to win the Supreme Court case to push for more vaccinations, to punish Americans. You know, the White House said, if you're not vaccinated, get ready for doom and gloom and death and despair. But if you're vaccinated with a booster shot, you're going to have a nice Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's segregation. We've talked about how the Democrats were the authors of Jim Crow laws. And their Democrat partners in the corporate world were the ambassadors of unconstitutional enforcement. It's exactly what we're seeing play out today. It's just a different, 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 different plot line, but it's the same MO.
they're getting it from the same playbook. Just like when I tell you that Watergate and the Russian hoax were both designed to impeach the president by uh, creating a landscape where they would have an unforced error and get them impeached because of a cover-up or an obstruction. But they were all part of the same playbook, and the person that was involved on the Watergate Commission was Hillary Clinton, and the person who financed the Russian hoax was, again, Hillary Clinton. So go figure. So again, we are, we are uh, witnessing old plays dusted off with new, new plot lines. So there's another um, story that I wanted to get to as well. The Gathering Cloud of Political Madness. This is a way station. This is a way station on the rock slide of the Trump hate myth. So the main mainstream media still hates Trump so much. They're still fearful of Trump. Everything that we're seeing in our political landscapes today is because they know Trump is coming back. They know it. They can feel it. And they can hear it. And they can smell it. And they fear what Trump brings to the table worse than anything. And Trump is hedging his bets, though. Because not only is he coming back, but I like what he's doing, same as org, and same as BugleCall.org, our nonprofit, our 501c3 nonprofits. But what I like most is it's not just about having one Trump, because Trump is mortal, he'll be gone. But it's about America First policies and how we can get more and more candidates to embrace the love of America First policies. So, we have a lot of show for you left that we're going to go ahead and, you know, dance around with the next time we meet on air. And uh, again, that'll be tomorrow. So, I want to thank for today, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Scott Adams Show. And uh, it's going to be fun because we got so much more onion to peel with respect to this. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.